You are listening to Press Church Podcasts. Please enjoy this week's message. So as we finish the sermon series, talking about the Word, we established the very beginning that God sent His Son, Jesus, who is the Word, that the Word is God, and the Word was God. He was with Him at the beginning, that we, we showed throughout the Scriptures that Jesus is the Word, that that Word became flesh. It didn't become a book first, it became flesh, and it dwelt among men. As it dwelt among us, as men wrote down, as God inspired men to write down these stories, they put it and compiled it into a book. We talked about that this book is now our life reference that we need to lean on and glean from and read from. And then the last two weeks, we talked about how to study the Word. We've got the five-day reading plan to read the Bible in the year. And as we go through that, we now have uh, some understanding as we went through. uh, There's more rules that are out there, but I picked eight rules of hermeneutics to help us uh, kind of read as we read, to study and ask ourselves questions to help us understand the Bible a little bit more so that we can go into the, the Scriptures, not with our own intent, not with our own emotions, not with our own ideas. We can read the text for what it says and let the Holy Spirit, who is our teacher, who is our guide, show us and explain to us so that we can go further in our lives. We've done that the last two weeks, and this last week I talked about uh, how we want to talk about the power of the Word. The power of the Word. Why is it so important that I should read the Bible? Is, Is there any benefit for me to read this Bible? And as I was going through the Scriptures... I don't know if I'm going to get through them all today, but we're going to see what happens if y'all listen. I started writing down scriptures and and researching and looking, and I found a word for each letter of the alphabet and a scripture for each letter of the alphabet. A through Z, 26 scriptures, there's more that are out there on the power of the word. By you reading the word of God, how it can change your life. Y'all ready to go on this journey? Buckle in that seatbelt. Here we go. Number one, or A, the power of His Word. It makes you alive. For the Word of God is living or alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is the discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. For the Word of God is alive and powerful. If you're going something in your life, something that you're struggling with, if you see death of some sort in your life by reading the Word, His Word is alive, so therefore it will make you alive as you consume it. As you eat and chew on the Word, it's alive, it's powerful, it can change your life. Number two, we're going to be. The power of the Word makes you blessed. Jesus says this. Jesus is the Word of God. And He says... More than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and also keep it or obey it. That there is a blessing attached to not only hearing the word, but also obeying it. So right now, just by you sitting here hearing the word, there is a blessing that can be placed upon your life. Jesus himself said that. The word of God himself, that if you said, if you hear the word, you will be blessed by it. Even more blessed if you obey it. Let's go to C. Create. Hebrews 11.3. By faith, 
we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. That when we speak and use the word of God, we have the power to create those things that don't exist into existence. That is what faith is. That is what Hebrews 11, the faith chapter, is about. How did God create the world? Well, it says right here that he framed, not by his hands, not by his thoughts, not by tools. He framed the world by the word of God. How are you going to frame and shape your world, the existence of your life right now, Hopefully, it's by using the Word of God. The Word of God will make you alive, make you blessed. It'll give you the power to create. D, direction. Psalms 119, 105. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If you're a place in your life right now where you don't know where to go, you don't know what to do, you're confused about your journey. You feel like you're on the wrong path. You've been doing the wrong thing for the wrong time and you're confused. How do I get back? It says that His Word. And what I love about this scripture is His your Word is a lamp unto my feet where I am right now in this moment. And it's a light unto my path of where I'm going into the future. Amen? The Word works in your current position and it will propel you into your future. The power of the Word of God will give you direction. Let's go to E. Elevate. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, or God-breathed, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Verse 17 says that the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That the power of His Word will elevate you, will make you complete in every good work. You might be in a job, you might have been told your whole life you're not good at anything, you can't do anything, you're not smart enough. It says the Word of God, in verse 17, the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That by reading the Word of God, it can elevate you, can elevate your life. Moving on, F, forever. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the Word of our God stands forever. Isaiah 40, verse 8. The house may burn down, but praise God, the Word is forever. The Word is forever. The Word has been shaped by God throughout the centuries, throughout history, that men and women were reading it way back in the medieval times, the Renaissance times, the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and there are men and women in your own family, in generations that read the same scripture that you're reading right now, and it's got the same power when it was written down, when it came out the mouth of Jesus, that it does right now. That it will have when my sons and my grandsons and my great-great-grandsons, when they're declaring and speaking the same words that I'm declaring right now. 
in all these different countries as they're trying to get rid of Christianity. As persecution is going, as they're outlawing the Bible, as they're burning and getting rid of and throwing away these Bibles, these men and women, they remember, they steal a page and they remember the words of what the Bible says. They might not have a Bible to read, but they can quote it, and it's still changing and shaping and forming their lives. The power of the Word of God, it's forever. It's active. It's alive right now in my life at 30-something years old. It was active and alive when I was 20 in my teens, when I'm in my 40s and 50s. The Word of God is forever. G, moving on, grace. This is a scripture that we've stood on this whole sermon series. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. I don't know about you, but I need some grace in my life. I need grace sometimes. I mess up, I fall, I struggle question, I look, I'm searching, I'm doing all these things, that I can go to the scriptures and I can get full of grace and truth, the power of the word, that when I read it, full of grace, full of it, not an itty bit, not a little tiny measure, not an eighth of a teaspoon, boop, in the Bible, full of grace, overflowing, where sin abounded, grace so much more abounded. I don't know about you, but man, I need that sometimes. Another power of the word as we move on, H, healing. Psalms 107.20, and he sent his word and it healed them and delivered them from their destruction. You don't need a pastor. You don't need some big televangelist to come in. You can just open your Bible in the hospital bed, in your bed, wherever you're at, open it up and read it, and this, the Word of God, can heal you. It's why a majority of the time when I pray and people are asking for prayer for healing and I lay my hands on them, I pray as much healing scriptures as I can from my memory. Who cares about Jeremiah Land's words? I want to pray the Word of God over you. In Psalms it says it sent his word and it healed them. Healed them, restored them. The power of the word. As we move on, I increase. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which, which I sent it. God is making a statement through Isaiah that the power of the Word of God, that whenever he speaks it, it's not going to come back to him void, but it's going to accomplish what it's supposed to do. When God said, light be, light was. When Jesus said, be healed, they were healed. When Jesus made the statement on the cross, it is finished, it really is finished. He covered your sins. He removed your sins. He gave you access to the new covenant. He increased you. So how much more can it affect our lives if we get that same word that he spoke out of our mouths? If he says it's not going to return to him void, well, boy, I want to start speaking God's words. 
way more than mine, way more than the negativity that I can speak. Well, it never happens to me. God must not like me. They got healed, but I didn't. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. No, 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 no. I need to see increase in my life, so I'm going to use the Word of God that goes out and heals me. By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. Increase. The power of the Word will increase your life. Almost there. J. I mean, we're in church. We've got to use Jesus, right? I mean, come on. That's... <laughs> Jesus is the Word. This is the scripture that we started with. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So every time that I read this book, I am being and receiving revelation on who Jesus is. Jesus, the power of the Word. Scripture says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Yes, we can draw near to Him through prayer and through coming to church, but I can just get in that book and get drawn near to Him. And as I read that Word, He'll draw near to me as He brings me revelation and truth and shows me. Moving on to K. Keys, Matthew 16, 19. Keys. And Jesus, the Word of God speaking here, says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus does not put handcuffs on giving something to you. I want to remind you at how much God wants to give you things. How abundant of a God we serve. I will give you the keys of the kingdom, but... You better be good. You better go to church. You better do this. You better... No, no, no. I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Look at God as He's opening His hands. He's opening His heart. He's constantly trying to get things to you to help you in your life. The power of the Word. Keys to the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Let's go to the next one. L. Love. He who does not love does not know God. 1 John 4, 8. For God is love. We can use some hermeneutics there, as we studied over the last couple weeks, as we can see that Scripture interprets Scripture. That in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we see in this Scripture that it says God is love, so we do a little mathematical equation to see that the Word is love. That if the Word is God and God is love, then when I read this Bible, I should be experiencing His love. Which is why we have to be careful to not go and beat people over the head with it. You better read this or you're going to hell. No, no, no. You better read this and find out about your Father who loves you and paid such a high price for you. When you read this book, you should be overcome with His love. When you see that beautiful story from beginning to end of how He sent His Son to die for us. And how His Son became sin, who never was sin. So that we who were full of sin could become righteous and be called sons of God. The power of the Word shows you His love. Next one, M. Miracles. Here's Jesus speaking again in John 14, 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, 
He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. That we can read in the Word of God. Do I have more? Oh, okay. Good job, babe. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. But, but God, what about, what, what if I do, how if I ask, what about, no, 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 Jesus makes a statement. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Miracles. That when you read the word of God, you see miracles happening from cover to cover. And Jesus makes the statement that you will do more. Because the Holy Spirit now resides in you. I've talked about it before, but a pastor friend of mine, I heard him preach this in a sermon. He said, you, have might, you might have never done a miracle in your life, but if you're saved, the Holy Spirit is inside of you, and he has done plenty of miracles. So that's how your faith is overwhelmed there. I might have never laid, I might be in a situation where there's somebody dying right there, where I need to lay hands on the sick. I've never done that before. I've never done this or that. But the Holy Spirit inside of me has raised plenty of people from the dead. The Holy Spirit has healed many of people, has saved many of people. So it's not me, it's the Holy Spirit flowing through me. Miracles, signs, and wonders. Go out there and pray. The Holy Spirit that's inside of you knows how to do miracles. You might not know how to do it, but you step out in faith. You lay hands on the sick, and it says they must recover. You teach them about the goodness of God. You let the Holy Spirit be your comforter, be your teacher, be your guide, and show you some miracles. Amen? Let's move on. In neighbor, for this is the message, 1 John 3.11. This is the message that you have heard from the beginning that we should love one another. The power of the Word of God helps you be a neighbor, not just to the people you like, not just to the people on the left and right side of you in the same church as you, the people you don't like. Jesus said the greatest of the commandments is love the Lord your God, love your neighbor as yourself. And as we read this book, it teaches us how to be a neighbor, how to love the people that are unloved. How to love the sinner. How to love the people that have been shunned and kicked out from every other church, from every other place. The love of God. Jesus was known to eat with sinners, to spend time with them, to get down and dirty with them. The message that has been spoken from the beginning that we should love one another. The more you get into that book, the more neighborly you'll become. The more you'll have a compassion and love in your heart for the people that Jesus loves. Order, oh, order. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets. Verse 2. Oh, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, the word whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. In verse 3, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, upholding all things 
by the word. All things being upheld by his word. That throughout the chaos of history, as sin and the devil were trying to work its way and do this and do that, that God being the head of the orchestra just kept moving his seed, his people, his covenant, his promises. He made order to the chaos of the world till he got his son to the cross and his son declared, it is finished. The chaos is over. The anger is over. The craziness is over. It says that his word and Jesus is upholding all things. That if there's chaos in your life, if there's craziness in your life, instability in your life, and you need order and structure, get in his word. Get in his word. The power of his word is to bring order into your life. We're flying through these. We're almost done. You know the alphabet. You know where we're at. Here we go. P. Perfect. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Psalms 19.7. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Perfection is in this book. We talked about this over the last couple of weeks, that I have to come to a place in my life that this book is the truth. It's full of grace. It's full of truth. Everything else is a lie. When anything comes against me, I go to the book to find out if it's true or not. Because it says his law is perfect. Converting the soul. I don't know how to convert the soul in my own life. I could be a scientist and go into the lab and pour this into that and watch this explode and watch this foam up. I can go to as many schools as I can, get as many degrees as I can, try and be as smart as I can. I still don't know how to convert the soul as my own human nature. I can try and get as much power, I can try and get as much wealth, as much cars, as much vehicles, clothes, whatever you think. I can do as much as I can, but I can't convert my soul. It's only Jesus that can do that. And the law of the Lord is perfect. The next one, Q. Quest, Jesus speaking, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Verse 8, this is Matthew 7, 7 and 8. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone, that means you as well. Everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Reading the Word of God brings you on a quest. Every time I read the Word and I have a question and God answers it, it brings me to another question. Every time I'm seeking Him and I see Him as the healer, I see Him as the person who saves, I see Him as the God, my Abba Father, I want to seek Him even further. I want to get to know Him even, even more. That as we read the Word of God... It sends us on a quest where the treasure trove of God is open and endless to anyone who desires to search. And there's no end to it. There's a song that says, I could search for all eternity long and find there is none like you. 
as you read the word, go on a quest. R, moving on, restraint. Psalms 119, 11. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Are you having a sin problem? It's okay if you are. Number one, you got to admit it. You got to be real with yourself. If you're struggling in a sin area, there's an issue in your life that you're trying to overcome. You want some restraint in that area? Get in the Word. Because it's when your Word is hidden in your heart, it says you won't sin against you. You're having trouble in sin. We highly recommend in the church, in the Christian world, that you don't sin. We stand up here from the pulpit saying, hey, don't sin. But if you're having trouble sinning, you need to get in His Word. And the more that you hide in your heart, it says the more you won't sin against Him. Restraint. You need some restraint in your life? Get the Word inside you. Hey, we're on the last page. We're on the back nine. Here we go. S. Safety. Safety. Proverbs 30, verse 5. Safety. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in Him. Every word is pure and He's the shield. So I can use His word. We see that in Ephesians 6 when it's talking about the full armor of God. The shield of truth. I'm sorry, the shield of faith. The word, the sword is the word of God that quenches all fiery darts. And it says that he's a strong tower. The righteous run to him and they are safe. And if I need safety in my life, then I need to start speaking the word of God. When me and my son pray at night, we pray scripture together as we get ready for bed. And I always pray Psalm 91. I say, God, we thank you for protection over the church building, over our property, over our house. My son has bad dreams sometimes. I say over our room. I just pray Psalm 91 protection, that your angels will keep charge over all of our properties. Safety. I use his word to pray safety. When we go and travel, when we're driving, when we're going out of town, heck, when we're just driving up and down the street here, pray for some safety. God, move the crazy drivers out the way. And if I'm the crazy driver, then teach me to not be so crazy. Safety. Psalms 30, verse 5. T, next one, transformation. Psalms 119, 9. Transformation, Psalms 119, 9. How can a young man cleanse his way? That is a valid question. It's a question that I have. That's how we should also be asking Oh, there's an answer. The Bible answers that. Thank you. By taking heed according to your word. Transformation. Goes back to the sin thing. Is there something going on in your life? Impure thoughts, bad thoughts, negative thoughts, bad ways, bad ideas, bad actions. How can I be transformed? It's by the renewing of your mind. How do I renew my mind? It's by getting the bad out. How do I get the bad out? Well, I've got to put something good in. It's the Word of God. By taking heed according to your Word, you can cleanse your way. Transformation. Transformation. 
updates you. John 16, 13. This is Jesus speaking about the Holy Spirit coming. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, remember we talked about this at the beginning in 1 John, we talk about the Spirit of truth and the Spirit of error, and that the reason we're studying the Bible is to differentiate between the two. Well, Jesus Himself calls the Holy Spirit what 1 John is talking about. We use some hermeneutics. We let Scripture interpret Scripture. What is the Spirit of truth? Oh, it's the Holy Spirit that's inside of me. The Spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. Do you need updates in your life? Do you need to know what's on the horizon, what's coming? Jesus says the Holy Spirit that's inside of you will guide you in all truth. He'll show you of things to come. It's why the gifts of the Holy Spirit are so important. The gifts of prophecy. The gifts of wisdom. That these gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us to help us edify and build up the church, which is you. And I can receive a prophecy from a prophet who helps and tells me of things to come. I can get updates on what's on the horizon. If you listen to our podcast uh, that we did recently, me and Maddie, I do this every year for the last five or six years, and I've encouraged y'all to do it as well. Spend some time with God at the beginning of the year and ask Him for a word or a scripture for the year. That way you can stand on that word, you can stand on that scripture as you go into 2020. So when in February, in April, in June, in November, in December, when something's happening, you can go back to that word and say, no, 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 devil, no, 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 world. God told me back in January that this was going to happen and I'm ready for it. We talked about how I believe that God's word for me was answers. I had some questions about some things. I have questions about what to do in the church. I have questions on things in my own personal life, in my own personal health. I've got kids. I've got a dog now. Might not have been the greatest decision, but i got a dog now. Hopefully he's not destroying the house. I've got questions and I need answers. I've got things that I want to know about. If you need updates in your life. Here recently... I've had uh, just some on and off health issues that, that me and God are working through uh, probably for the last 10, 12 years that I've been standing and believing God for to help me. I've gone to doctors, gone to different places, talked to different people about it, and haven't really got the answers that I need. Just haven't got them. Tried to do everything that I could do and all that. This month... Ms. Karen, my mother-in-law, told me about a doctor and said, hey, you should go see this guy. She's gone to him before. She's talked to me about him before. Just so happens in 2020, I go to this doctor. And I sit in his office and I start telling him about the things that have been going on in my life. And as we talk, he says, well, you know, your body can give you answers. We can try and figure out what's going on with your body. And as I sat there, we formulated and came up with a plan as he gave me answers that I haven't gotten from any other doctor and have seen vast improvement in my health. In 2020, at the end of December 2019, God told me that I was going to have answers. I started standing on it and believing that. And in 2020, I just 
by chance, happen to go to this doctor who finally gives me the answers that I need to help me in recovering my body. God is a God who wants to give you updates if you just ask. His word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Answers, updates, the power of his word. Here we go. We're landing the plane. We're in the V's. V is for victory. That's good enough for me. I think that's an old song, isn't it? Uh, Victory. Then Jesus said to him, Matthew 4, verse 10. Matthew 4, verse 10. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan. But that's not all he said. What's he say after that? For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. In verse 11, what does it say? Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. You want victory over the devil? Quit talking about what the devil's doing. Well, Satan's attacking again. Here comes Satan. Satan's in my life. No, no, no. Get the word in your mouth and get it out there and kick the devil out of your house. Kick the devil out of your family. Kick the devil out of your job. Use the word of God to get victory. Let's do what Jesus did, huh? If it worked for Jesus, then I'm just stubborn enough by faith to believe that it'll work for me. I'm going to use the word of God and I'm going to get victory over that dumb devil. We're all going to heaven and the devil can go straight to hell. Amen? Amen. Get victory over the devil by using the power of his word. W, wisdom. Proverbs 4, verse 5. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. This is King Solomon writing to his son in Proverbs 4, 5. But we can use this as we read this, that it's God talking to his son. We are sons and daughters. God is speaking to us. We want to use this. And he's yelling at us. Look in there. There's there's exclamation marks. There's an emphasis. There's a strong word that he's trying to put in there. Get wisdom and get understanding. Don't forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Get wisdom, get understanding. You want to get wisdom and understanding? Get in that book. Get in that book. Now here's the hardest one, struggled with all night. Here we go. We're just going to X. So you know, that's what I got. There's no, there's no word for X. I, I looked, I studied, I was up late last night. I Googled uh, what are all the words that start with X. Um, none of them made sense or fit in. Uh, so we just used X. Let's see what, uh, what the Bible says. Colossians 2, verse 13. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made you alive, amen, together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Verse 13, I mean, uh, verse 14. Having wiped out the handwritten of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it, to the cross. God himself, Jesus himself, the word himself, X'd out your sins by being nailed to a cross. You had a ledger. You had a debt that could not be paid. The only way that you could pay it was to go straight to hell. That was your penance. The wages of sin is death. You've been working sin over and over and over your whole life because of what Adam did. And the only payment that you could get for that was death and separation from God. But Jesus showed up, and he crossed that out. He X'd that out. 
by nailing the old covenant to the cross and nailing your sins to that cross. The power of the word of God is he X'd out your sins. He became sin, the great exchange, so that you could become righteous. Two more, here we go, and we're right on time. Praise you, God. Yes, why for yes? For 2 Corinthians 1.20, For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Verse 21, Now he who established us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. Verse 22, Who also sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee that the more you read the Bible the more the power of the word will give you the power to say yes. Yes and amen. We get caught up sometimes in our lives where we see the human side of us. Well, I, I don't deserve to be saved. I, I, don't, I don't deserve this or that. I don't deserve to be that close to God or, or this. Or, and we limit ourselves and we say no way too much in our lives. But when you read the word of God, in him all the promises are yes and amen. So that means all the promises, yes, I am supposed to be saved by calling upon the name of the Lord. Yes, healing is for me. Healing is the children's bread and I'm a son now. Prosperity is for me. Heaven is for me. Abba Father's for me. I can walk in boldly to his throne room. Yes, yes, yes and amen. When you read the power and the word of God, you're going to start saying yes a whole lot more. Yes to his will. Yes to what he's called you to do. Yes, go and talk to them. Go and minister to your enemies. Yes, go and travel here. Yes, go and do this. Yes, go and do that. Because God is on my side. Absolutely. Let's go. You're with me. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We made it, guys. We're landing the plane right now. A through Z, the power of the word of God is zeal. Psalms 1, 2, and 3. But in his delight, talking about a righteous man, is the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. So when he delights in the Lord, when he meditates in day and night, let's see what happens in his life. And you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever you do will prosper. When you have a zeal for the Word of God, when you meditate on the Word of God, when you study the Word of God, when you digest and consume the Word of God, it says that you're going to prosper in due season. It says that you're not going to wither. How many pastors have we seen walk away from the faith? How many churches have we seen close the doors? How many Christians have we seen fall by the wayside? But if you get in that word, if you get in that book, it says you're going to prosper. It says you're not going to wither. You know, everybody talks about, I was so on fire when I first got saved, and now, no, 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 it's because you got out the word. Get back in the word, and that, that, that leaf, that body is going to flourish and prosper. As we finish this series, the power of the Word of God. That's just 26 scriptures that I could find. Now you get to go on a quest. Now you get to go on a journey and find the remaining scriptures so you can say yes and amen. So you can become alive. So you could be blessed. So you could create. So you could have direction. So you could see the Word of God live for forever. You thought I was going to list all of them. I forgot them already. Here we go.
the power of the Word of God. If you didn't catch all of it, please listen to the podcast. We'll have it up this week. Some people have been whispering in my ear that I should probably start writing a book on this and, and the hermeneutic stuff to get that out to y'all so that way y'all can actually hold on to it. Pray for me for that. <laughs> if it's God's will, then we'll get to book writing. But to get these in y'all's hands, go back and listen to the sermon. Use these. Remind yourself the power of the Word of God. Amen? Uh, let's stand up today. I hope you enjoyed this series. I hope it changed your idea, your perception on the power of the Word of God, on what the Bible is, what it can be for you, that you get in that book and you're reading daily. It doesn't matter. Just read a, a, a verse a day. Just read a, a chapter a week. Just get in that book somehow, some way. Start a habit. What's it, what's it say? 30 days to, to start a habit? You could almost be there if you've been reading the, the five days. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you sent your word and it healed us. We thank you that your word is alive. It's life breathing. We thank you that your word is powerful. It's forever. That, the, that even though things fall by the wayside, governments fall by the wayside, money falls by the wayside, houses fall by the wayside, your word is forever. And we stand on that today, Father. We thank you for the new hunger, the new desire, the new quest that we're going on when it comes to studying your word. Father, bless your people. Father, prosper your people. Everything they put their hands to must prosper, it says in your word. Father, I thank you that you've called them the salt and light of the earth, a city set on a hill that refuses to be hidden. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this new year as we step into it and we study your word. Father, bless your people, protect your people, cause them to prosper in everything that they do and bring them back safely on Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.